What I'm getting ready to share with you this morning is going to be an immediate. You're not going to have to wonder. You're not going to have to go to lunch. You're not going to have to sit and wonder if you are hearing from God. What I'm getting ready to share this morning is going to give you immediate feedback. Whether or not you actually hear God speaking to you. And before I even go into that direction, what I want to let you in on is what God said to me just this morning. He said, Scott, there's going to be breakthrough for people in this room who have never been able to love themselves. He said, Scott, there's people in this room that love me, God, but they are not able to love themselves. You probably have not heard many uplifting, positive, encouraging things said to you. But I'll go even further and say you have probably not been one of those people speaking, encouraging, life-giving things to yourself either. Some of you have been beating yourself up for way too long. And you know God loves you but you're just not sure you love yourself. So here's the immediate way to know that you are hearing the father speak. You will know that you're hearing the father speak by the way you speak to yourself and the way you speak to others. We're going to spend a little more time on those two things here later this morning. But you will know if you are hearing God speak to you by just taking an evaluation of how you speak to yourself and how you speak to others. Because the Father is never going to speak anything to you or about you or about anyone else that is even going to have a hint of hurt, harmful, or negative. Why would the Father be in heaven speaking truth, speaking love to us? And if we're wanting to speak what we have been hearing the Father say, how in the world can there ever be anything negative, hurtful, or damaging coming out of our mouth. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures this morning. We're going to go fairly quick through some. I love when I look at and I see people with notebooks. That's what we, we gave a great little notebook to the more weekend. Um, but if, if you have your phone, write these scriptures down. We're going to go through them fairly quickly this morning. I'm not going to have time to do many of them justice But I would love to know that you're going and you're going to sit and through maybe this week, this will guide you into some quiet time between you and the father. First week of this, we started talking about Mary and Martha. Remember how Martha was all busy, so distracted, but Mary chose the best thing and she just sat at the feet of Jesus listening. Remember that? That was week one. Week two, we we sort of talked about, um, hey, God is not interested in your old self. He's not going to speak to your old dead self. The only thing that he's concerned with about your old self is that he wants to redeem your old self. That was the second week, and now here we are today. 
It's in John 6, and we're going to start this this morning in John chapter 6. Look at uh, verse 63. It's a long chapter. We actually took communion yesterday as, as a group, as, as the more weekend. And and first time that I've ever done this, I actually led communion out of John chapter 6. And I started up around uh, verse 53. You can look at what he says there. He's talking about eating my flesh and drink my blood. And it, it was a great time. But later on down in this long chapter, starting at verse 63, listen to what this says. The spirit, and notice this, it's a large S, capital S, That is the Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. And if you're like, well, Scott, what is the flesh? Well, I defined that word last Sunday. I defined your flesh through reading you Galatians chapter five. If you want to listen to that, that's on our website. You can listen to that. But if you want to go read it for yourself, it's in Galatians chapter five, where Paul is comparing fruit of the spirit to our flesh. And I just want to say, just for again this morning, our flesh is dead. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, when he died on the cross, he was dying for you and with you. Your old self is dead. We talked about this a lot last Sunday. See, a lot of people love Jesus. They've accepted Jesus, but they continue to operate their daily life out of the influence and the power of the flesh. And no wonder some of us are in the shape that we're in. It's because we have something dead living out our life. Death only produces death. So Jesus says it very profoundly. He says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Jesus is saying this now, and he says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. God is not going to speak anything but life to us. And if we're hearing the Father speak, just do some inventory right now, and you'll know probably in the next 10 seconds. Take some inventory of what are you speaking What is coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of not your mouth, but what's coming out of your mind to yourself? I had a golf coach back when I was young. I I met him. He's a wonderful man. His name's Bill Grove. A couple years ago, he did an interview for us because if you've ever read Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker, Mark Batterson actually writes and does a little bit um, with Bill Grove in that book. Bill's a phenomenal man, full of the Holy Spirit. But Bill, way back when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old, Bill told me, he said, um, about my golf game, he said, Scott, he says, you have to be your own best friend. And the reason he was telling me that is because I'd hit one and throw a club. I'd hit another one. I'd break a club. I'd hit one and scream and cuss at that young of an age. And he picked up real early that I was my own worst enemy. And he said, Scott, you've got to be your own best friend. 
I will just say this. You cannot be your own best friend if you and the Holy Spirit are not best friends. Can I just, again, for just getting the playing field level, I am not an expert in this at all. This is something that I, I like wake up and it's a daily thing for me to be aware of how I speak to myself. When I say things that you laugh at about the way my pants fit or the way I feel today, that, that's, that's real. When I look in the mirror and I see this, I have to choose to speak kindly to myself. If I am hearing the Father speak to me, and I am hearing him say to me, Scott, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Scott, you're courageous. Scott, you're doing a good job. then why in the world, if I'm hearing that, why would I say in my mind something contrary to that? Jesus said, hey, the flesh, that's my flesh, counts for nothing. So just take an inventory, just real quick. What are you saying to yourself? Because you know, you... And God are the only ones that know what you're saying to yourself. I'll just say this. It's not fake it till you make it. That, I have disproven that many years ago. You cannot fake it till you make it because the truth is always going to come out. So let's quit faking it till we make it. And let's actually believe it until it becomes a lifestyle. Let us believe it until it becomes a lifestyle. And the lifestyle that we're trying to create in this little old community is a lifestyle where we have believers in Jesus, lovers of Jesus, walking around many places knowing what the Father thinks about them. couple more passages and I'm just going to get on with this question is going to pop up on the screen and I want you to answer it this morning how do you speak to yourself answer it don't not out loud sometime today maybe even right now but how do you speak to yourself do you just tear yourself apart Are you given the enemy's lies power by actually believing that that is the truth about you? Peter, in the story that we're getting ready to look at here in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, Peter, just being transparent, he just says, hey, hey, Jesus. <laughs> like, you don't know who you're standing in front of. Yes, he did know who he's standing in front of. To set this story up, These fishermen have been fishing all night. They've been catching nothing. Jesus gives them a hint. He says, hey, why don't you try this? They do what Jesus asked them to do and an amazing catch of fish. So right there is a sermon, a teaching in itself. They actually did what Jesus asked them to do and Jesus blew their mind. 
Peter realizes that this man is just not any ordinary man. He recognizes that this is Jesus. And look at what he says. See, because some of us in this place, we love God, but we don't love ourselves. Peter recognized that this was Jesus. He says in chapter five, verse eight of Luke, listen to this. He says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And some of us say the exact same thing to ourselves. I'm just not worthy. I'm not. And I'm not going to even speak any more lies out into this place this morning. This is between you and the Father making this declaration. I am not going to live under the influence of those lies anymore. I'm not even going to give the enemy some stage time here this morning to speak some of the things that I know you're saying to yourself. But Peter falls at Jesus' feet in shame, in guilt, in I don't know what. He falls at the knees of Jesus and says, Jesus, just go away from me. For I'm a sinful man now. Jesus, in what he says next, my human voice, my human declaration is not going to be powerful enough for you this morning. And so what I need, Holy Spirit, I need you to say it in a way that my brothers and sisters grasp it. Because what Jesus says next, I know changed Peter's life. And we've heard what Jesus said next, but we've never understood the impact in what Jesus said it. We've known this scripture. We've heard it. This is, we've, we've taught, said it in Sunday school hundreds and thousands of times. But the impact behind what Jesus said, Holy Spirit, is what I'm wanting you to lay down in this place this morning. Please don't just read this at face value. Listen to this. Peter says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And it goes on. And then in the Jesus part, he says, then Jesus said to Simon, Peter, don't be afraid. And this is what we've heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. He said, don't be afraid. From now, you will be catching men. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And that's what we've, told, we've, we've said it and we've had it in Sunday school class. That we're fishers of men. We take that from this passage of scripture. But let me try in my humanness and allow the Holy Spirit to bring the impact to you is what Jesus was actually doing at this point, not necessarily what he was saying. Is Jesus was looking at Peter. You got to remember where Peter was. Peter was down on his knees. Jesus was looking at him and he was speaking to Peter. Not 
as Peter was. He was looking down at Peter. This was God looking down at Peter and saying, Peter, from now on, you're going to catch men. He was speaking to Peter, not as he was. He was speaking to Peter, not even as he is in the moment. You see, your minds, because we're obviously not hearing from the Father, we're speaking to ourselves constantly. We're bombarding our own self because of the way that we were. And some of us are speaking such death and negativity and darkness to ourselves, not even necessarily as we were, but we're speaking such negativity and death and, and, and whatever you want to call it as we even are currently. Some of us are sitting in this room right now in the presence of the Father hearing this and you're still struggling because you speak to yourself the way you are. And Jesus was there and Peter was on his knees kneeling and saying, just go away from me, Jesus. And Jesus spoke to him, not as he was. Jesus didn't even speak to Peter as he is, but he spoke to Peter as he was going to be. It's too late for some of us in this room because we're older. But for the young ones in the room, especially like some that little baby, we speak life over that baby. We tell that baby how smart he is. We tell that baby how beautiful he is. We tell that baby how confident he is. We tell that baby that he is going to change the world one day. And that baby hears that all the days of his life. You say, well, Scott, that is just, that is just some, that's, I don't even know what to label that. Well, let me just say this. If that little baby was taken right now and moved to Mexico, in about three years, that baby would be speaking Spanish and not English. So these little ones... Why can they not speak the language of the heavenly kingdom? Could it possibly be that the ones that are rearing them are not fluent in the kingdom language? Oh my goodness. But if we're hearing the Father speak, we too will speak of a different language. Right now, boom, 10 seconds, evaluate. What language are you speaking? Listen, I'm journeying in this with you. This is fresh off the press. Fresh being given to me. Freshly being implemented as we speak. I am not an expert. I am actually not even qualified or justified to stand up here because I've lived this out for 35 years. You see, but the enemy, he will say, oh yeah, you cannot speak on this topic, Scott. I've been nervous about this. 
<laughs> my wife and I were at the refrigerator. We were, we were eating like crazy last night. It was just one of those things. We were at the refrigerator, and she said, hey, you tired? No, I'm not. I'm actually just, I'm full, man. I've had a great weekend. We've spoke a lot. We've taught a lot. Where we? I don't even know how it even came to the topic of what we're talking about today. And she was like, whoa, <laughs> you sure? You sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm not there yet, but I know where I'm going. And I need you to know this, is when you look in the mirror, Jesus is looking at you just like he did Peter. It's not what he said, but it's the way that Jesus looked at Peter. He looked at him and he said, Peter, one day, one day, you're going to do amazing things. You have to speak to yourself. You have to speak to yourself what you hear the Father saying about you. So that question, back on the screen, please, the first one. How do you speak to yourself? Here's what I know. From the overflow of the heart, From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. There is no way on this earth that we can stand and speak to ourselves in a deadly, negative way and have our heart full. And so we are positioned to go out into this community and speak life. It's an impossibility. I could stop this message right here because the first thing that we have to grasp is if that we're hearing from the Father, we are going to start speaking differently to ourselves. But there's a second part of it that there are a lot of people in this community that are desperate for what you know and for what you have. They're desperate for what you have and who you know. And we are going to make way more of an impact on this community by the life that we speak, by the light that we speak, that the encouragement that we speak, than us having phenomenal church service and activities. There's probably 300 people in this room. What if? We were 300 people who knew how what God saw us as, felt confident in who we are. And our heart was so full that when we went out into this community today at lunch, we spoke life to our waitress. We spoke light to our waitress. We encouraged our waitress instead of the opposite. Your people at work tomorrow, if you walked into there and you only cast out light and life, you would probably be talked about at the water cooler or at break and people would probably say about you, they were abducted by aliens this weekend. Because so much so, even us Christians, what comes out of our mouth is not what the Father is saying to us. 
What is coming out of our mouth is what this world and the enemy is saying to us. Did you just hear that? Like, no, that needs to be more impactful than I think it was for you. We Christ followers are saying more out of our mouth, not from what the Father is saying to us, but what this world and the enemy is saying to us, whose message are we speaking? To ourselves first. Hey, can I just tell you, I'm not even going to give the enemy any ground. Not this morning. Second question, how do you speak to others? How, how do you speak to others? I can go ahead and almost promise you this. If you speak death, negativity to yourself, you're going to do the same to others. You know why? You know why you do that? It's because you're tired of taking the brunt of everything. You're tired of being the beating board. You're tired of being beat all the time by yourself. And so you want to bring others into it with you. I don't know. Think about it when you're in high school. <laughs> Listen, I hated getting in trouble by myself. But if I could have a couple of my buddies getting in trouble with me, it made it all worth it, right? It just did. So the reason that you speak death and negativity over others is because that's how you're speaking to yourself. Look with me at Luke chapter 9. Towards the end of it, verse 51. Let me just remind you. If this is stepping on your toes and if this is hitting home with you, Listen, you're not too far gone. You're not disqualified. Pastor Brent, yesterday in his breakout session, he had a little line like a tightrope. And what we've been told so much, and I'm walking on a line right here, you can't see it, but I can. (laughs) It's helping me out. What Pastor Brent said is in so much in in the Christian life, church that we've lived, is we feel like if we, we we literally feel like this, and there's no freedom in this right now. My my core, I have a core. My core is actually tight right now, and I feel the strain. And in the church and world and religion, what we felt like is if we fall off this tightrope, then we're done. We're done. And, And we can't get back on. No, this life that God has given you is not a tightrope. He has given you freedom. He's given you freedom. And some of you right now, you're like, man, I I am 42 years old and I have heard nothing but negativity. I've heard nothing but negativity, not only from my family and even from myself, even the circles that I find myself in now, we speak nothing but negativity. Isn't that amazing? That you're going to seek out who you think you are. You're going to surround yourself with people who you think you are. And so if you've been beating yourself down and speaking such death over you, you're going to find yourself in the midst of a bunch of people who only speak death and negativity. So why not? Let's flip that on our head today. You are somebody. You are worthy 
of the life that God has given you. God doesn't look at you and see you as you were. He doesn't even see you as you are right now. He sees you as his son that's going to do amazing things. And so why don't we try to find some people like that to surround ourselves with, to hang out with, to encourage us? In fact, you may be saying, well, there's just not many people like that. No kidding. Go be one. You start, you go first, you start a new circle. Do I shun the people I'm with? Absolutely not. You go into that circle tomorrow at work and it may be raining and four tornadoes just went by. Man, what a day God has given us. (laughs) I'm tired of seeing Christians kick rocks. We're just walking around and we're kicking rocks. You speak life to the situation. I'm going to go for it. The Lord told me the other day, and I was journaling in Haiti, big storm just went by, and he said, Scott, do you know that I've given you the authority to speak to that storm? Yep. Um, There's a passage of scripture. It's in Proverbs. Look it up. I've got it written down. I'm not going there this morning. Maybe you can throw it on the screen. It's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Throw it on the screen real quick. I'm not going to turn there. But look at what this says. (laughs) The power has, the the tongue has the power of life and death. Your tongue has the power of life and death. Go to James. I'm not going to be able to go there this morning. But go to James chapter uh, 3, verses 9 through 12. Just write that down. Go there later. And look at what that says. It basically compares your tongue to a spark that burns down a whole forest. The smoke that you smell probably started with your tongue. Some of the destruction that you are in right now probably started with your tongue. You know why? Because you start with yourself and it overflows to others. We, we, we don't, we're real people, man. We have a, four kids and and they're all different personalities. And like, if I told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. If, you, if we'd have stopped after two, you would have thought Daisha and I were the best parents in the world. And you would. But I mean, our kids, they're, they're pretty good kids. But then we had two more because she would not leave me alone. She, I just said, Daisha, no. And she just would not leave me alone. So we had two other kids. And if you take away our oldest kids and just judge us on our second and th- I mean our third and fourth kid, you would think that like I don't know what you would think, but it wouldn't be that we were the best parents in the world. I mean they're they're full of life, they're wonderful. You see, I'm working on this. My wife had a dream about my nine year old. His name's Lincoln. My wife had a dream about him the other morning. Uh, the other morning she told me about it. She said I had a dream that Lincoln was actually wearing. Uh, a crown of flowers on his head. And like the Lord sometimes allows us to dream and it, sometimes we'll never have, it, have them interpreted, but she, I don't, the Lord interpreted hers right away. And he said, back in the old days, the ancient days, Greek, Roman, the, the Olympiads, you know, the Olympic games when they were running around in Colosseums, that the victors did not get medals. The victors actually got a crown made out of flowers put on their head. And so what God was saying to my wife that she relayed to me is that our nine-year-old who, who is full of life is victorious. Mm. 
And so even though when I get frustrated with him, I know no other dads get frustrated with their active children, but when I, you can look at me, get frustrated with him, I have to be careful what comes out of my mouth because I'm actually speaking to a son of the king. You see what I'm saying? Lord, help us all, right? But how do you speak to others is another wonderful way to determine if you're hearing God speak or not. Um, Real quickly, just for time's sake, uh, Luke 9. Luke 9, the 51st verse. And um, for time's sake, I'm not going to read all of this, but some of us try to justify some of the negativity that comes out of our mouth. Nope, you're not. It's not. Cancel it in Jesus' name right now. There is no justification for death and death and negativity and darkness to come out of your mouth in any situation. Well, Scott, do I just lie about the situation? No. But in James, what you will find is that he says that it is better to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Scott, do I have to lie about a situation? If it's bad and grave and it just, everything fell off the truck, is it? No, you don't have to speak. You don't have to speak to it. But what about those people? Listen, you don't have to speak. And if you are going to speak, you better ask the Lord, how do I speak life to this situation? Can I call down a curse? We see that in Old Testament. One of my favorite stories is, I think it was Elijah was walking around and walking down a path and some kids were starting to yell and make fun of his bald head. And that mug called down a curse and two female bears came out and mauled all those kids. That doesn't work today. It just doesn't. We're under a new covenant. And here's proof. Look at this, Luke chapter 9. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they had seen people disrespecting basically Jesus, not doing what Jesus wanted them basically to do. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? You've probably been there, haven't you? I want to call fire down. Actually, I don't want to call fire down from heaven. I want those two female bears to come after you. I put that scripture on the doorstop. We have a doorstop back there in the office that keeps getting taken. And I wrote that scripture on there. And then I said, bears from this will actually come get you if you remove this doorstop. It's just a joke. Because Jesus said this. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. No. And it says they went on to another village. We don't get to speak death, negativity, and darkness to people. If you're a follower of Jesus... And you are listening to what the Father is speaking. You are not going to have any of that coming out of your mouth. You are simply going to have life. And you're going to have light. And you're going to have encouragement coming out of your mouth. And I can tell you that this is foreign for the culture that we live in today. How I know that is yesterday in our breakout session... I simply started speaking life and encouragement to one of our teenagers and her mom and dad sitting right there and she got beat red because she is not accustomed 
to hearing life-giving things from someone that she actually probably doesn't live with. I want to challenge you as we leave here today. I want to challenge you to guard what you say, take an inventory of what you say, first to yourself, and then to the others around you.